Welcome to Episode 8 of Empower Ear Audiology with Dr. Carrie Spangler. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Empower Ear Audiology podcast. My name is Dr. Carrie Spangler, and I am your host, a passionate audiologist with a lifelong journey living with hearing challenges in this vibrant hearing world. I wanted to have an empowering podcast for all of my listeners. Many of us learn and grow by being in communication and connecting with others. It is my hope that all of you will learn something new and be empowered after each episode. Whether you are a parent, a professional, an individual with hearing loss, or just want to be inspired, I am glad that you are here with us today. I would be grateful if you take a moment to subscribe and give a positive rating for this podcast. So today on this podcast, I am singing happy birthday to me. Actually, I'm singing happy cochlear implant birthday to me. I cannot believe that it has been a year since my surgery and activation day. Birthdays are always a reason to celebrate, so why not celebrate my birthday of my cochlear implant? So this journey really has forced me to be vulnerable and step outside of my comfort zone. I have always been willing to share my hearing challenges with those I work with and families, but the start of the cochlear implant journey was a way to be vulnerable in who I was. Brene Brown is an incredible author and podcaster, and she talks a lot about being vulnerable. One of her quotes in Dare to Lead has really empowered me in this process. And she quotes, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. This podcast episode is about being vulnerable and sharing with all of you my own cochlear implant journey. So come with me as I take you on this roller coaster adventure. Before I get deep into this cochlear implant journey on this podcast, I wanted all of you listeners to know if you if you want to hear more about the backstory of my hearing loss, I would encourage you to listen to the first Empower episode, What is Your Purpose? Where I take a deeper dive into growing up with hearing loss and the life tests that I had developed as a result of having hearing loss in this vibrant hearing world. So how did this cochlear implant journey get started? All of you know that I am an audiologist with hearing loss. I work in the public schools as an educational audiologist. I work with many students who do have cochlear implants. I work with their families and I work with their educational team. I have actually suggested to many different families about the possibility of talking to their clinical audiologist and ENT about the possibility of cochlear implants, especially when their child is working really hard to listen and understand with their current hearing technology. So 
flip the table. Now it is me personally who is working really hard to hear and understand what people are saying. In the beginning, I didn't want to believe that there was something happening to me. I was in complete denial. I started making up excuses in my head for what I am going to call unfocused hearing. I would blame my hearing or not hearing well on my attention to something. I would blame unfocused hearing on someone mumbling. I would blame unfocused hearing on hanging out in the local coffee shop with poor acoustics. I would blame unfocused hearing on not getting enough sleep the night before. I had an excuse for unfocused hearing when I knew deep down it was more than unfocused hearing. If I had to be honest with myself, how long did I put the blame on unfocused hearing? It took me about two years to come out of denial about the ability, or my, I guess I should say inability, to discriminate speech. And I am an ideologist, but I am also a human being with feelings about loss. Losing more hearing is a loss, even if it's gradual. I was going through this denial, anger, and detachment with my unfocused hearing because, quite frankly, it was getting more and more difficult to understand what people were saying. So what changed? Do you ever have a little voice inside your head? That little voice of Bertie, and in my own faith, it was God that kept telling me, hey, Carrie, you need to build up the courage to make a phone call. The phone call needs to be an, important, an appointment for a cochlear implant consultation. While this little voice was getting louder and louder in my head to make this call, I kept trying to ignore this voice. On the other hand, I was dialoguing with many resourceful colleagues and friends. I feel like different people were strategically placed in my life so that I could have another seed of courage planted to make that call. I talked with cochlear implant audiologists, cochlear implant surgeons, cochlear implant manufacturers, and most importantly, my my audiology peeps who have hearing loss and have gone through the cochlear implant journey. All of these people along the way have given me their personal cell phone numbers and said, hey, call at any time. So that little voice again. I kept arguing with this little voice. And my biggest argument was, what if? What if this is not the right decision? What if this doesn't work? What if I hate it and I never get used to the sound? Sometimes it's a little sign from above that gives you the courage to move forward. And I just have to share a little story. This is before COVID, but I was getting ready to go to an audiology conference and looking for a book to read on the plane in the airport. At that time, one of the best sellers in the airport uh, bookstore was called Girl, Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis. The cover of this book caught my eye and I decided to buy it. So the little sign, that introductory chapter of the book was titled, What If? 
And Rachel Hollis in this book, she asked, what if God put this on my heart for a reason? And I was immediately taken to my own what if question and knew that this struck me profoundly that I needed to make that what if call for a cochlear implant consultation. What if this call and outcome changed my unfocused life for the better? So after returning from this conference, I picked up the phone and I called Ohio State University Medical Center for a cochlear implant evaluation. The date was set for July 29, 2019. So leading up to this appointment, I would be remiss if I did not mention the importance of same-self peers. As an audiologist, I understand the cochlear implant process on a more advanced level than the average patient. I thought I would be okay with this because this is part of my job, but it really was not that way. When the seat at the table is turned and you are on the other side, you gain a really new and different perspective. I felt so blessed to have a network of audiology friends with cochlear implants that were my lifeline. I could ask any question leading up to this appointment and they would share their own experience. So I have a huge shout out to my group, Stacey Lim, Karen McIver-Lux, Tina Childress, Samantha Kesselut, and Sam Atchison for being my same self-peer lifeline. Thank you guys. So July 29th was finally here, and Troy, my husband and I, was starting our two-hour trip to Columbus with a quick, quick run through Starbucks. Troy uh, has never been to an audiology appointment with me, with me, so this was all new to him. We got checked in, and I remember sitting in the, in the waiting room having second thoughts and thinking, I'm not sure why I'm here. I don't think I will be a candidate, but I guess I'll just rule it out. So my name was finally called, and we went back to the famous audiology I was on Dr. Debbie LaPreet's audiology schedule that day, and Troy was able to come back with me and sit through the multitude of unaided and aided testing. At times through this testing, Troy had to busy himself with his phone because the sound that were escaping the headphones, he was hearing and I was not. I knew at that point without seeing the results that it was not good but seeing the results on paper brought my unfocused hearing into reality. My hearing had shifted and my speech discrimination had decreased. Both of my ears look the same audiometrically. So I have a pretty much normal, mild, low-frequency hearing, which steeply slopes to a severe to profound hearing loss in the mid and high frequencies. However, my speech discrimination for my left ear or the, um, the ability to understand words was much worse than my right ear. And Dr. LaPreet confirmed my reality. Ideologically, my scores were in the CI Canada C range. I also had an appointment with Dr. Oliver Adunka that day, who is the director of the Ohio State Department of Otolaryngology Head and Neck Surgery at, with a specialty in CIs. 
So my path had intersected with Dr. Adunka because of our professional collaboration with another project in the state of Ohio. So after a while, my name was called and it was my turn to see Dr. Adunka and his entourage, a medical student that he happened to have with him that day. After looking at all of the results, my case history, he also confirmed that yes, I would be a candidate for a cochlear implant and also explained that with my configuration of hearing loss, I would also be an excellent candidate for hearing preservation, which means that they would try to preserve some of my residual low-frequency hearing during the surgery. So after many, many questions, my final question to Dr. Odunka shocked me the most. I said, what are the next steps for moving forward? I actually left my July 29th appointment with a surgery date for November 15th. What a huge step forward and all in one day. So fast forward a little bit to August 29th. I had another appointment with Dr. Debbie Laprie to select my cochlear implant, which one would be the best fit for me. So based on the results and consultation with the cochlear implant team, I knew the left ear was going to be my surgery ear. And we talked extensively about the three different choices, and I received valuable input from Dr. Adanka and the CI team about the internal internal device and compared with my hearing loss and the results of my CT scan and with a lot of um, device comparison and manufacturer information, I was able to go home and really think about all of these different things and, and on my own research, what fit was best for me. So putting back on my audiology hat and working with many children who do have cochlear implants, I have found that it's really not the device that determines the success, although I am completely enthralled and excited about technology. But it is actually the placement of the internal device by the surgeon, the mapping by the cochlear implant audiologist, and most importantly, the hard work that goes into learning how to listen with a cochlear implant. So that village of support that is needed from family and friends is foundational for success with a cochlear implant. And I am thankful every day for those people who are in my life. So after doing much research and deciding which implant was best for me, I made that decision and I have um, a advanced bionics um, cochlear implant for my choice. And I was able to pick out colors and accessories on August 29th. Another incredible step in my decibel experience. So after August 29th, I didn't have any other appointments until my actual surgery date of November 15th. Thankfully, it was the beginning of the school year and being an educational audiologist, I was fully immersed in all of those responsibilities at the beginning of the year. But then all of a sudden, it was November. My surgery date was in two weeks and the countdown was real. The roller coaster ride of emotion came flying back. On the professional side, I knew this was the right decision for me. On the personal side, I was anxious, nervous, excited, and scared. 
I am a person who loves order and structure in my life. This was going to be a test of trusting the unknown and having faith through the process. I also know that this process was going to test my patience, perseverance, and positivity. Two weeks go by, and it was November 14th. Troy and I headed to Columbus for an overnight stay before my big surgery date on the 15th. I have to say that the roller coaster of emotions and anxiety actually subsided a little bit, and I felt at peace with the whole process. I think it was the research and, and the peer supports that I had and the thought process I had gone through ahead of time really gave me a peace of mind that I was making the right decision. So we had a wonderful di- dinner the night before surgery, and I had a good night's sleep. I did wake up extra early on surgery day and remember experiencing a little bit of sadness when I realized that my hearing aid on my left side was no longer going to be a part of me, and it had been a part of me for over 40 years. We arrived at the hospital at 6.45 in the morning. I got checked in, got all prepped for surgery with IVs and heart monitor and all of the other prep that goes along with it. We met with Dr. Odenka prior to surgery, and by 9.15, we were ready to roll. And uh, that was the last I remember, is at 9.15, looking at the clock, And I didn't, the next thing I knew, I was waking back up at about 11.45. By this point, I was asked a few other questions and wheeled back into recovery. And Troy had said that Dr. Odenka had already called with his initial report that all was positive. There was no complication during the surgery, and he felt confident that the internal device was inserted without complication and that he was able to save some of my residual hearing. So it was going to be hard to tell at this point, especially because I had so much fluid and packing in my ear, but I was hopeful for this, and I had just been initiated into the bionic world of hearing. So in recovery... I was in a little bit of localized pain, obviously on my left side. I did end up taking a couple of um, pain pain pills. And after that, I was sent home um, and really recovered with with Tylenol, which was really good. Um, I had no dizziness, which was one of my fears going into the surgery. And on that ride home, I... My appetite had returned some, and what I wanted the most was um, Wendy's Frosty and some French fries. So by 4 o'clock in the afternoon on November 15th, I was on my couch with my wedge pillow, lots of meals from prepared by my mom and my good friends, some flowers and cards of inspiration, and a good nap. So that first week, I did experience some good and not-so-good recovery days, but each day, I felt physically stronger and had more energy. I had some pressure and fluid on that left side. I did experience a little bit of blurry vision, um, especially when reading, which can be a side effect of the surgery and some vestibular disturbance. But after about five days, 
my um, vision returned to normal and I felt quite, quite well. One thing that I knew going into the surgery as an audiologist was that I obviously wasn't going to have hearing on my left side for a while. But what was shocking to me is I was not prepared for the impact of this sudden unilateral hearing loss. All of my life, I have experienced the same degree of symmetrical hearing in both ears. And when I had this profound unilateral challenge, I was, I, I didn't know how to handle it. So getting out of my house and for the first time and, and going to the store, I quickly realized what a challenge profound unilateral loss can be. I couldn't localize where sounds were coming from. I kept scanning my surroundings to be sure that no one was actually trying to say something to me. And man, was I tired, both emotionally and physically listening was draining me. So remember, listeners, that I have not been activated yet. And at this part of the journey, about 10 days after surgery, before activation, I remember feeling discouragement creeping back into my mind with those initial questions. Was this the right decision? Is this going to work? Except now there was no turning back. And I have to say, timing is everything. And I just happened to be watching Netflix. And one of the episodes that happened to pop up on my playlist was The Call to Courage by Brene Brown. In this episode, she talked about vulnerability and she described vulnerability as it's not about winning or losing, but it's about showing up when you don't know the outcome. And she talked again about choosing courage over comfort and the need to be brave in your own arena. So this was exactly what I needed during this time of feeling discouraged and and not knowing if this decision, again, was the right decision. So December 4th comes around, and that is activation day. I am, again, thankful for my same, um, my peers, who have cochlear implants, who were able to guide me about activation day. And they pretty much told me, think of activation day as your worst hearing day ever. And so pretty much don't have huge high hopes about activation day. And I know that as an audiologist, but hearing it from those who have been through the process is really important. So my husband, Troy, and my daughter, Hannah, came with me for this long-awaited day. My audiologist, Dr. Laprit, and then the AB clinical specialist, Dr. Sable, were also at the appointment. And the appointment started with measuring whatever residual hearing that was left in my left ear. And quite astonishing that most of my residual hearing in the low frequencies was able to be preserved. So I was really excited about having some sort of of hearing in that left ear. And after all of that preliminary testing that we did, 
the moment of anticipation was finally here. So we checked the impedances and the electrodes and everything looked really good there. And then the cochlear implant mapping process began. What this looks like is each of the different electrodes, I had to sit and listen. And I had to judge when I perceived the loudness or the softest level and the most comforting level of each of the different 16 electrodes, ranging from the low pitches to the high pitches. So I used a loudness growth chart in order to subjectively report what I was hearing at the different levels. So it's kind of like going to the eye doctor and figuring out like is one or two clearer, you see better here or here. And that was um, that part of the process. So once all of those soft and comfort levels were determined, it was time to experience listening to all of the electrodes together. I have to say, it's really hard to describe what you've never heard ever. At first, I didn't think I was actually hearing anything at all. I thought I was hearing some sort of hearing a feedback, a whistle. And then there was like this aha moment when I realized I was actually hearing sound from the activated cochlear implant. The best way that I can describe my initial activation was hearing feedback, bells, chirps, and whistles. So this activation process and fine-tuning at this point in time at a very soft level, remember, we're not turning it all the way on at this activation, but just at a, a comfort level that was good for me for this appointment. At one point in time, the cochlear implant was turned off to do some different um, adjustments to it. And I just had my hearing aid in on the right ear. And I remember saying, back to normal. And Debbie and Johnny, Dr. Lapreed and Dr. Sable immediately asked me if I could explain what my back to normal meant. And the analogy that came to mind was that the cochlear implant was like going to New York City for the first time. It's bright. It's loud. It's a lot to take in. And my hearing aid was like going on a drive on a backcountry road on the weekend. Calm, quiet, relaxing. That was my initial analogy of my cochlear implant activation. So one week post-activation, and what a world of jingle bells abound. It was Christmas time, um, December, lots of uh, holiday songs on, on the radio and playing. And I was fascinated with just how one week of intentional, dedicated, full-time use of a cochlear implant, as well as auditory training my brain, creates a whole new network of neurons in and um, that I've never heard before. I'm especially thankful for my therapist, Dr. Denise Ray, who has been working with me over this past year, who pushed me to make sense of what these different sounds and benchmarks and listening um, skills were and challenged me with my cochlear implant. 
each day, the cochlear implant sounds kept getting more focused and clearer. But again, the key was to have that mindset mindset of intentional, dedicated, full-time use of the cochlear implant, as well as intentional, dedicated therapy to become more natural part of who I am. And I continue to be on this journey today, even though I don't have time to go through my whole year on this podcast, but it is, has been incredible what I have heard. But I just wanted to share before we end this podcast today, a couple of the initial hearing discoveries that I had in my first couple of weeks of being activated. One, I had to take the dog collar off of our dog, Josie, when she went for a walk because the metal tags were annoying me. Hence, I had never heard dog tags being clanged together before. Another highlight discovery, the turn signal in the van was audible. I could always see the light flashing when it was on, but it was never audible to me. Now, this was December, and Ohio has lots of wintry weather, but I heard the sound of freezing rain hitting my windshield as I was driving. I also heard my feet making crunching sounds when walking on the salt that had been freshly strewn on an icy road. And probably the most annoying were the carts at the grocery store. Loud and squeaky. I don't know how anybody can push a card around. And my joyous highlight was listening to Christmas and holiday music. So listeners, I could continue to share more and more of my cochlear implant hearing celebrations with all of you. And I would encourage all of you to go to my blog and subscribe at hearingspanglish.blog and read more about this journey that I've had over the past year. So with all of the craziness in the world right now, I want to thank all of you, all of my listeners for celebrating my one year cochlear implant birthday with me. So as always, thanks for listening to Empower Ear Audiology Podcast. And if you have a chance, make sure you visit the website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and click on Empower Ear Audiology podcast where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, and Google so you don't miss an episode. Also, engage with me on my Facebook page at Empower Ear Audiology. While you're at it, if you found this show to be valuable, consider giving me a five-star rating and or simply just tell your friends and colleagues about the show. As always, thanks for listening. And I hope you are empowered. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.